0: Last week, we talked about the three little pigs. This week, we're having a conversation about the dangers of turning your key volunteer into your new staff member. After decades of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond our personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes?
1: A job change in multiple conversations with stressed out nonprofit leaders later, our desire to help nonprofits grow in a healthy and sustainable way was bigger than ever.
0: If you're a leader at the top or in the middle of a volunteer and donor-based organization, this podcast is for you.
1: We believe that a better world needs healthier nonprofits, and it's our passion to help you fulfill your organization's mission while helping you live a fulfilled life. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa.
0: Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Danger! (laughs) (laughs) So you got this amazing volunteer. They show up on time. They're great with other volunteers they have leadership potential and skills they have other great skills they have nunchuck skills and then you're thinking well we need a staff member over this area of our organization how about we just make that volunteer the staff member not always a bad idea sometimes (laughs) it is a bad idea let's talk about (laughs) when and why and where and how (laughs) that should all be addressed.
1: All the questions about this. Yeah. Now it's interesting. We actually highly recommend building out your volunteer systems to have a way so that you can get to know people over time. Because when you do have a staff position that opens, it's actually a great way to figure out people who would be a great fit for your organization versus not a great fit for your staff in particular. But sometimes it can actually cause real issues for an organization um, when they start always hiring their key staff or their key volunteers to be staff people. And so we're going to cover some of those because I think this is one of those areas where people either say we only do outside hires or we always hire from within. And hiring from within usually looks like hiring those Um, key volunteers Mm -hmm. and there are some major issues with this that can come up unless you're aware of them. We found, you know, if you're just aware of most issues, it takes care of a lot of the issues. So we want to make you very aware of the issues here. um, So that hopefully as you are hiring, if you end up hiring a great volunteer to be staff in your organization, um, you're able to navigate some navigate some of the stuff.
0: I would say first and foremost, we usually recommend, like you just said, we, we usually actually recommend that the first place you look is within. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is true mm-hmm. because they've already got an idea of what the culture is. They understand your organization. You've had a long time to be able to vet them. It's basically been like an extremely long hiring process an interview where you know what they're going to be like on good days and bad days. You know that they showed up and they did this stuff for free, so they care enough about it. To show up and do it for free so if you pay them some money maybe they can show up a little bit more like there are a lot of really good reasons to hire from within but let's 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 get negative let's get real negative real fast here
1: (laughs) the first reason that pops into my head is that key volunteers don't always make key great key staff members Um, Now, you might have someone who's a great volunteer and you're like, they already know the people, they already know the team, they already know X, Y, and Z. Well, the skills that they have that make them great volunteers may or may not translate into a staff position. And so we have seen organizations hire their favorite key volunteers into a staff position, the staff position not work out because they require different qualities different traits and different abilities
0: and different commitment levels
1: and different commitment levels and sometimes that transition is enough that that person realizes they are not a good fit for the staff role now sometimes that can kind of work out if the person's very self-aware and very okay with it and able to transition back But the transition from staff position into a volunteer position within an organization can be extremely touchy and very, very difficult. Yeah, it's
0: way harder.
1: And so you have to know if you are hiring your favorite volunteer, yes, you are gaining a staff member, but you are also losing your favorite volunteer. If the staff position doesn't work out, there is a strong possibility that that person will not return to that staff role or to the volunteer role that they previously held.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's something to weigh very, very carefully. Just because someone makes a great volunteer does not mean that they will make a great staff member. And in the process of making that transition, you might lose them as a volunteer forever.
0: We've seen organizations where the way they treat volunteers is very different from the way that they treat staff members, where it's like one is, hey, we're going to be really, really like, loose with you when you're a volunteer we're gonna kind of have we're gonna have expectations but we're not going to be like super harsh with you or any of that stuff but then as soon as they stepped into a a staff position it was like military and those are two extremely different things so in in that situation there was a lot of staff turnover because they would hire somebody from within the organization as a volunteer put them in a staff position realize whoa this is like two different organizations. <laughs> there's the inside organization and then there's the slightly like the more separated volunteer part of the organization. And I really liked being a volunteer, but the staff thing I don't like. And because now that they saw that, too, they just jet completely from the organization mm-hmm. as a whole.
1: I was talking to um, a woman who was a volunteer and. At- an organization. She was trying to figure out what to do. She had signed up to do kind of a internship type thing. She was interested in maybe doing more and had agreed to. And she was talking to me, just kind of trying to figure out like, where do I transition? Where do I go next? I love nonprofit work. I'm just not sure, you know, all the questions. And I was like, well, weren't you doing this extra thing over there? And she was like, yes. And I saw how the sausage was made. And I don't know if I want to be a part of it. And it wasn't because the organization necessarily did anything technically wrong. Um, It was just that she recognized moving up in a level of commitment also required a different level of commitment to conversations, to meetings, to ways things had to be done. She thrived as a volunteer Because of the culture around the volunteers and because of the flexibility that the volunteerism opportunity offered. A lot of times volunteers assume that because they're thriving in their current position that a move up simply means that now they're around the culture that they love more and they're getting paid for it. Not Mm -hmm. realizing that actually staff in a lot of cases has a different culture simply because you treat volunteers differently than you treat staff members naturally Um, because there's a different agreement in place for being there. I
0: mean, staff is like, hey, I'm paying you money and I'm expecting a professional return on the amount of money that I'm paying you. And now in nonprofit, there are a lot of conversations about whether that pay is fair or not. But that's not necessarily what we're talking about. It's just that transfer of like cash for your time um, changes that that dynamic like crazy. Mm -hmm. and it takes a really mature organization to be able to treat their staff with the same amount of care that they recognize they need to treat their volunteers with because all of a sudden the staff, like, they owe me. I paid them money. Where volunteers, it's a little easier for nonprofit leaders to look at a volunteer and say, they don't owe me anything. I'm not paying them anything. Like, I have to be extra careful and, you know, careful with, these people. (laughs) That was clever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Full of care. Yeah, we're not saying that that's necessarily right. And we've seen some organizations where it's definitely wrong, (laughs) the difference. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, it is a difference. And what allows someone to thrive in a volunteer position, when they make the change to staff, it might be actually a thing that causes them to fail or to really struggle to stay within your organization for whatever the reason.
0: Another thing that happens when an organization only hires from within is it creates this sort of weird expectation that a lot of volunteers start to kind of look at their own volunteerism as a job interview Um, if they see every single person who's on staff started as a volunteer then volunteers who maybe aspire to want to be staff one day know hey this is how you get a job here whether or not you're hiring right so now you've created a precedent where it's sort of an unspoken rule that if they do a really, really good job and they show up and they you know, give everything that they've got to the organization, that they will become staff and it's just a matter of time. Well, you unintentionally end up leading people on in that situation where it's like they show up, maybe they do internships, they do all these things to see how much can I possibly do here because um. I really want to work on this staff. Maybe they even let let people know like, You know, one day I want to be on staff here at this at this organization. And, you know, when that staff person looks around, they're like, it's possible. Every single person who's on staff here did start out as a volunteer.
1: Yeah.
0: It starts to confirm that maybe false belief that that they have that they are a shoe in for the job. And we've seen this play out in really bad ways where volunteers will have like, given their heart and soul to organizations for years and there's a job opening and they apply for it and then they don't get it. And they look at the other person like that person hasn't been around as long. That person hasn't been, it's almost kind of like who gets promoted and who gets a a raise Mm -hmm. at an organization. People sort of like, I've been around, I've been doing a lot more. I've been whatever. Um, And it's not necessarily, I mean, we just got done talking about just because someone is a volunteer doesn't mean that they're a great staff member. Yeah. But if you've created that precedent, then it, they can start to really be offended yeah. When, when they don't get promoted into a staff role.
1: Yeah, I've heard um, leaders at nonprofits have someone come to them and say, how can I get on staff here? And they respond to them and say, well, we'll start by volunteering. Rather than saying, right now we don't have any job openings available. We would love for you to help out with what we're doing here. If you do value this work, you're welcome to volunteer. Mm-hmm but instead of having those like middle three sentences it just goes to how can I get a job here we'll start by volunteering and people take that as this is the first step on the roadmap. if I'm starting here and I want staff the first step is volunteer and that's not always the case and I don't think leaders are intentionally well I do think sometimes they intentionally do it um but I think the vast majority of the time, it's not an intentional thing. It's yeah, more they're not just like, intentionally
0: dangling like, I don't, a carrot. I don't
1: know. Like, I'm not looking to hire anyone right now. Vol- you want to volunteer for a bit? Um, but it can cause this issue where someone actually thinks that through volunteering, they are on the path to get a staff position. Um, it can also cause issues where maybe something has been like dangled a little bit, promised a little bit. Um, I've known people who have just volunteered so much of their time for an organization and realized, oh, they're never going to hire me because I'm already working more hours than I would have worked as a part-time staff member. Mm -hmm. Like, so they might as well keep me as a volunteer and they end up finding a different organization that actually has an opening because not all nonprofits have openings all the time. (laughs) It's not like (laughs) they're like, we have all the money and we're just waiting for someone to step up enough and we'll just sprinkle some your direction. I don't know
0: if I've ever heard of an opera. It's like, Oh, we just have too much cash. Uh, it's like, we're just like, Oh, we're drowning in cash. We need to find a way to spend it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That doesn't usually happen. Right. Uh, um, I think the third problem or the third big thing that can happen when you only hire from within is it creates this mindset in people that the coveted position is to get offered the staff role. And people start to diminish the volunteer role in their minds. Or, like, donor roles,
0: or, or donor roles. Or donor roles. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm only a volunteer here. All I do is volunteer. I'm not, I'm not one of those th- I only volunteer or I'm just a donor. I don't have time. I'm never gonna be on staff because all I do is give money. Like it, it it creates like you might be listening to that going, that is crazy that anyone would feel that way or think that, or that that would be a thing. But we have seen organizations multiple organizations, where the staff almost become like this coveted position and other positions within the organization start to assume that what they're doing just doesn't matter as much. If it was really important, they would be staff. Not understanding that staff positions aren't necessarily the most valuable positions. They are generally the positions that are needed in order to lead all of the really important decisions, all the really important positions. Like when you're leading from a staff position, what you're doing matters because you're able to be the one to get all of the volunteers on board, (laughs) to be able to move Mm -hmm. all of the things forward. But if it was just you as a staff member by yourself, especially in a volunteer based organization, not much would get done without all of your volunteers and all of your volunteer leaders um and so you have to be really really conscious if you're hiring from within that you are constantly communicating the volunteers are the ones who make every single thing happen without the volunteers we would not be able to do programs a b c or d and yes we have staff here but all that is that we can provide all the structures because we need vol- because we need the volunteers to be able to do what they're great at Because without them, we wouldn't have the programs. Mm -hmm. And that language, if you are not using that language and you are hiring from within and you portray like, we have a really great staff culture, which I hope you do. But those things together, if you are not edifying and constantly talking about the value that the volunteers and the donors bring to your organization, will create this weird thing where the staff are held up on a little bit of a pedestal and the volunteers start to wonder whether or not they even matter
0: well then you start losing volunteers losing donations because they're not valued as much in their eyes then the staff ends up being overworked in order to fill that vacuum the staff ends up leaving then you have to choose from maybe not as great of a pool of potential uh, people that are left in the organization because you already extracted all the great volunteers out of the organization to put them in the staff roles And it becomes this really, like, awful snowball effect that just leads your organization down a really, really bad trail. You just don't want to go down that way because it's eventually going to end up just careening off a cliff. So uh, I was going to say something about about what you were just uh, mentioning. And it was when you have this organization that you've built up and you are trying to get these uh, volunteers to aspire to something greater so then you set up the staff as like this is this awesome situation and like you want to be on staff and you've accidentally or intentionally created this culture of the staff is the best place to be not only does it diminish what is happening in those other spots but it also puts like all this weird pressure on the staff then too to have to like field a lot of people who want to just be part of the in crowd like they feel like they're not part of the core Uh that matters and so then you have it's like this weird barrier to entry and like this gatekeeping sort of thing that ends up happening you have staff that are trying to protect their jobs and like it's just I don't know just it gets really toxic really really fast if you're not intentional about how you do this
1: yeah now, I do think that hiring from within is fantastic for a variety of reasons. Um, but when we talk about hiring from within, we aren't only talking about hiring your favorite staff person and now or your favorite volunteer and now having a reason to also pay them for what they're doing. We need to recognize that they are not the same roles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So a fourth issue that happens frequently when organizations hire from within, is they look for the wrong qualifications and it turns into a staff that is dysfunctional or weighted in the wrong direction for what that volunteer team actually needs. Um, We have seen organizations, I'm thinking of one in particular, who hired a fantastic volunteer, like amazing volunteer, someone who is doing really great work with what they were doing, um, someone who could be relied on, And they were like, hey, we just love having you around. Um, We would love to hire you and we can pay you so you can have more time to do this. But because of the person's volunteer role versus the staff role that was available, they weren't actually the same skill set. One of them was more admin heavy and the other one was more people leadership communications heavy, but more like vision casting communication versus can you please show up on time communication. Um, And so (laughs) – The person ended up like struggling in their role in a way that wasn't fair to the person because it was hired based on who seemed like a good uh, relational fit for staff more than what does this team of volunteers need in order to thrive? Here's that staff role. Who's the best fit for that role? Mm. And yes, we want people on our staff who are a good fit, overall for staff too.
0: You don't want to hire someone who's like,
1: oh, you just make me want to like bang my head against a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it can't only be, are you a good cultural fit? If it's only a cultural fit, like us being kind of like, we want to know what's next. We have our goals. We know where we're going. We're going to get it done. If we only hired people who viewed everything through that exact same lens, there would be a ton of random projects started and absolutely no paperwork would get done. The admin stuff would be in shambles. <laughs> it's true. And the organization would fall apart, but there'd be a lot of passionate people making it fall apart in the process. And so- So much
0: passion. So much passion. So much passion and all the chaos. But <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> Passion and chaos. That's what we have. Um, So we need to recognize as leaders that sometimes the people who- feel like they are the best fit for us, aren't necessarily the best fit for our staff because of the roles and that balance that we need, like the overall organization and then also what the volunteers actually need to be able to thrive. Sometimes the team doesn't need another leader who's going to just take the next hill and run after the next thing. Maybe your next staff position is just a fantastic person who loves scheduling. They love database work. And you might like look at that and be like, but I don't get along super well with those people. I bet there's someone who will fit well within your staff who will really, really do a great job at supporting your organization. But they might not be that one volunteer that every time you see them, you're like, I'm so glad that they're here right now.
0: Yeah. They might not be like a hype man. Yeah. For your organization. But they might be the one that actually is getting stuff done behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's true as a as a nonprofit leader you have to be looking at the qualities of people not just that they're already inside when you say we only ever hire from within within you are severely narrowing your pool
1: yeah. of
0: people to choose from and so with that I think there are a couple of things to think about when like what are the benefits of hiring outside because mm-hmm. there are some really great benefits for hiring outside first of all you are aren't, creating this precedent of everybody who volunteers has a potential shot of getting hired. If there are some outside hires, people recognize then that this isn't a rule. Yep. So then it's not an unspoken rule that says, if I volunteer a lot, then I get hired. Yep. Um, the other thing that's great about bringing in somebody from the outside is that you have outside experience and outside knowledge coming in. It can be really good to kind of stir things up and, pinpoint maybe some problem areas in your organization because you have this outside perspective that's been removed from your organization yeah it's so easy for people to just turn blinders on to things that are just there and are normal fights that happen between staff members that you're just used to because it's happening all the time doesn't make it healthy because you're used to it it <laughs> doesn't mean right. it's healthy because you're callous to it but somebody from outside is going to be like
1: what is, is going on here is, are these
0: two people okay they're like, oh they're always like that and then all of a sudden you're like that's not okay though like they shouldn't always be like that right or hey i noticed that uh the scheduling system is really super disorganized you're like but we've been running it that way for years oh i'm an idiot <laughs> like yeah. we shouldn't be running it this way and but that outside perspective can really really help a ton you just have to make sure that You do a really great job in the process of vetting this person because there are some people that are going to come in and just say everything needs to change because that's not the way that I like it. Um, But you can you can handle that with a good hiring process.
1: Yeah, I once saw um, someone come into an org and they were 30 days into a new role with no experience doing what they were doing, telling me as an outside person, everything that the organization needed to change to be better. I was like, this place has been around a lot longer than you have been here. Like, I'm pretty sure (laughs) if every single thing was broken and you knew how to do it better. um, Yeah, I, I just don't think so. And so you have to have a vetting process where you know that someone coming in is going to be willing to just sit and learn for a certain amount of time before they try and jump in and assume that they know best. Because that is a danger of an outside hire. A benefit of an outside hire is that you're not the one who trained them. There are certain nonprofits where the leaders do a lot of the leadership training because people, maybe people naturally within their organization or the people who are drawn to volunteer there, haven't had a lot of leadership training prior to that. If you are only ever hiring the people that you trained, that means everyone is at your cap or below. (laughs) And getting an outside hire in terms of leadership can be huge because they are going to have training that you don't have, which means they are going to be able to help your organization, help your staff and help your volunteers grow in other areas and other ways. And so this is highly, highly valuable um, as long as you have the right vetting process so that you can get the right person in that place.
0: Right. I mean, and that's kind of a kind of a big key to hiring just in general, whether it's within or from without like having a great vetting process and, um, and hiring process and interview process, Yeah. the right questions to ask the right things to dig in, like actually calling references, all of that stuff is extremely important in both cases because what you see isn't always what you get on the surface. Like, even hiring volunteers from within people, if, especially if they think that this is my job interview, when they're coming in to volunteer, you're going to get a very different kind of read on somebody just watching them volunteer. If they, if that's their mindset. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that you're actually digging in a little bit to figure out who they really are. You know what they actually stand for, what their work ethic is like. Do they actually care about the organization or do they just care about the staff role? Like, you can't just assume these things because you're hiring from within. And that's the danger of taking uh, taking an old adage or an old statement like, hey, hiring from inside your organization is the best way to do it and just saying that's the way we're always going to do it no matter what. Um, that's the danger of taking that because you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Nothing is going to actually be perfect all the time. There mm-hmm. are big hiring mistakes that happen when you hire somebody from within sometimes. And there are big hiring mistakes when you hire somebody from outside the organization too.
1: Right. And so it's basically, Ted just said, there's mistakes everywhere. So good luck. Um, Yeah, it's a minefield. (laughs)
0: You're going to die. Just kidding.
1: (laughs) But it is highly important that you're looking at every aspect of it. When you have a position opening within your organization, yes, invite people to apply from within your organization and from outside your organization. Make sure you have some questions that are actually pertinent to the role, uh, what skills they have, but then also a couple of questions that help you see what they value to get a read on whether or not you feel they would be a good fit for your organization as well, too. Because it's really easy for people to put a good foot forward on a resume, Mm -hmm. um, but you need to find ways in order for you to be able to get kind of a behind-the-scenes thing. When you're having interviews, make sure that you have a couple people around who can casually bump into them and just ask questions that that person doesn't recognize as a part of the interview process. Um, when we were in college, I was helping oh my gosh, interview yes. future resident advisors for our dorms. So we were both like RAs one of the years, um, and we had to help interview the incoming group. And it was interesting because my role in the interview process, you know, there were some that was like, hey, we're going to be asking you questions. There were some um, people that were what were some of them like role play this thing or we're going to give you scenarios and we'd like you to act how you would act.
0: And then others are more like we're going to sit down. We're going to ask you questions more like a formal interview. Yeah.
1: So my role was to lead the group of students or the group of like interviewees. There may be like five or six of them. Um, between the different rooms because we had like four or five different rooms set up and as we were waiting for the next area I would just sit with them in the hallway and chat and the stuff that people told me
0: (laughs) you were the perfect person for this too because I don't know why it's nothing about you people always just think like oh I can just tell her everything I've ever you know (laughs) yeah and feel safe
1: the stuff (laughs) people told me I was like Oh, that's interesting. You just
0: disqualified yourself. And then they would go into
1: the room and I would pull out a notebook and write notes on every single person who talked to me. And And I,
0: you were supposed to do that. That's what I was supposed to do.
1: Yeah, I wasn't (laughs) tattling. I was like the I was I was an interviewer and no one realized it. So if you have someone coming in for an interview, especially a nonprofit, have someone ask them to move so they can sweep the floor and see how they respond to that person. Like Little things like that are highly important because you need other people interacting with them to give you honest feedback about what they act like when they don't think the camera's on, when they don't think they're being interviewed, and when they don't know to have a smile on their face. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. some of the stuff people told me, I was like,
0: what? <laughs> well, <I> remember, <laughs> I remember one of the things, One of the, one of the requirements is like, drug like a zero drug use like zero tolerance for drug use and they'd come in they'd be like oh yeah I was doing this last night you're like you literally just disqualified yourself from this interview process but because it was not in the formal interview process you didn't feel pressured to lie to me yeah so you just spilled all the beans it was
1: interesting (laughs) because then at the end when we were going through all the different people someone would bring up a name I'd be like oh yeah they said this and I was getting people disqualified on a constant basis. And then they would take whoever was left based on what I said. Mm-hmm. And then they debated who would be a good fit. Like it was just really interesting. So make sure that you are thinking through all the different ways that when the interviews happen, you are not just seeing them through your lens. Um, as a leader in an organization, there are going to be some people who have a goal of just making you feel good and being your buddy, buddy and, and, they will always put their best foot forward around you. But just because you're seeing your their best foot doesn't mean that they're treating everyone that way. And so you need to be careful with that. And that goes for inside hires as well as outside hires. The ones who are interviewing from inside your organization, just because you have seen them around for years does not necessarily mean that you have a good read on them for that specific role.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: just because someone isn't, Like that ideal volunteer, you might have one volunteer who's volunteering 20 hours a week and one volunteer who's only volunteering like two hours a week. And you might look at them and be like, obviously, we want to hire the 20. It's like, yeah, but the one who's only volunteering two, they actually have the skill set that matches up with the position that you're looking for. Or
0: they're accomplishing more in two than that other person does in 20.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's true.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You want to actually get real useful Data, yeah, and and this is a right people conversation. We talk about this all the time with our legacy flywheel system that we use for helping nonprofits. And the right people conversation is one that comes up so often because people just end up in positions in nonprofits. They just sort of accidentally end up there. They one day they showed up and they were handed a broom to help with something, and next thing you know, they're the custodian. And it's not necessarily like a good fit it just sort of happened and it was an accident and what we're trying to get uh you listeners to think about and even just remind ourselves to think about is just because something happened by accident doesn't mean that that's the way it should stay in fact usually if something happened by accident it's probably not the best um it's not the best cultural thing like (laughs) for your organization it's usually a system that happened on accident is usually not a good system because it was bred out of fear or disorganization or just a chaotic environment or urgency. And none of those are good uh, bedfellows with great systems.
1: (laughs) That's true. So we would love to hear from you. Um, What are you currently hiring for? And what are you considering as the top three um, things that the person needs to be good at for that role? We want you to think through those qualifications because sometimes a nonprofit, we outweigh, like we overly emphasize culture and like the personality over what does the team actually need in order to thrive and what are those characteristics. So we would love to hear from you, partly because then we know that you're thinking through this stuff. Please shoot us an email at office at legacybuildersintl.com.